Hi, this is Steve. <laughs> Hi, this is Lisa. And this is our podcast by the name of... I Married a History Teacher. I Married a History Teacher, where we talk about history and history stories. Yeah, sorry, stories. you're really, you're, you're making it hard for me to keep a straight am I being, voice, I am, guess, not face, because no one can see it. Am I talking in like an on voice? Well, a little bit, but also you're just, you were just a huge goober right before you hit record on this thing. First, he like was like coughing on his own phlegm and then really dramatically goes to hit the record button and misses it. Okay. (laughs) Stuff happens. It's not my computer. I'm not used to it. This is all fine, but I can't be expected to act like everything's normal. You know what I mean? Like, that's funny. You can't just say, hi, I'm Lisa after that. I mean, I can, but it's going to be a little wobbly. Sure. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Everything I do is fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Lisa, we have a paid advertiser, paid sponsor for tonight's episode. I'm super excited. I don't know what it is yet, but looking yeah, forward to so, it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so uh, tonight's sponsor is um, my mother-in-law's house for Thanksgiving. Uh, she may be a vegetarian, but you wouldn't know it from the flavor of her turkey. She may be a northern gal, but she cooks stuffing in yams with all the soul of a southern belle. It may be a small family in both numbers and general size, but there's plenty of love to go around, and that just means there's going to be more leftovers for fat guys like myself. So next Thanksgiving, head on down to my mother-in-law's, and don't forget to prepare your bear's arguments for old Uncle Dave. <laughs> I didn't think that's where you were going to take that. That was well done, Stephen. If there was, you know, like anything cooler than doing a podcast sponsored by your mother-in-law, <laughs> I don't know what. Like, we have reached the pinnacle of that. We have peaked. It's all downhill from here. Yeah. Yeah. Between yeah. this and the quarantine. It was a great ride. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah. It was nice while well, I said. Um, yeah. I... Uh, I don't know. Are we going to like issue tickets or how are we going to handle the surge in interest? <laughs> I, um, I don't know. I figure, you know, your dad loves table. inviting people to parties and stuff. So you're all, if you're a listener, you're invited to Thanksgiving dinner. At wow. Wow. Yeah. Bold statement coming mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. old son-in-law Stevie yeah, Williams. I'll, you know, to stay until the end of the episode, I'll actually provide the name and phone number of <laughs> uh, Jill Rudolph uh, and maybe her social security number and street address. <laughs> Mother's maiden name. God, she's going to love you even more after this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Nicely done. Nicely done. All right. Should we get to some history? Yeah, I suppose we shall. Stay on, stay on general theme. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa, tonight we're going to talk about a city, but it's not going to be a city love episode. Okay. All right. Those are very specific mini series within the pod. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to just talk history of one particular city. Now, Without <clears> love. It, it has some love involved in it, okay. but it's it's less about like cultural stuff and more just about the history of it. Okay. All right. And I'm going to call this city the most important city for the development of the entire continent of Europe. Wow. Throw some guesses at me, Lise. What do you think that city is going to be? Mm. I mean, there's obvious ones that come to mind like London and Paris. But it's neither London nor I, Paris. I figured it was a little... Frankfurt? It is not Frankfurt. Um, Vienna. Salzburg. Not Vienna. Um, but keep moving in that direction geography-wise. Okay. Um, keep moving mm, east. Yeah. Is it, is, is it something in like in Hungary? You're Budapest? closer. In the Czech Republic? Prague? No, you're moving the wrong way. Um, Warsaw. No. Uh, Here's why this is hard, and we might do it all night. A lot of people 
don't even think of this city as being a European city. Is it Istanbul? Istanbul. Damn it. I thought the first thing I thought was Constantinople, and then I was like, nah, the, he's not going to count that as Europe. Damn. Because well, they're not really, uh, they're not really full, they're not part of the EU, they're not on the Euro. This is true. This is all true, Lisa. They're also culturally a far different country than the, <clears throat> culturally far different than the rest of the continent. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but, Lisa, I also phrased it, the most important city for the development of Europe. I didn't even necessarily claim that it was in Europe, which half of it is anyway. You know, for a dyslexic to play, be playing a game of semantics, I yeah. don't know. This is a dangerous line you're walking. Yes, but, I apologize. Okay. All right. Yeah, that makes sense to me, right? So Ottoman Empire. Mm-hmm. Didn't they have something to do with World War One starting to... We're actually not going to cover World War I. Um, well, that's too much. Too much. That's fine. Um, but we are going to go back. We're going to go back in time to about 10,000 years ago. Mm. But, Lisa, that's actually a trick. We already are existing 10,000 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> We're going to hammer this time-space space continuum time until it is so dead on this pod. <laughs> I love it. All but, right. Uh, so take us to the, actually, the, you the know, past present. In reality, that was just when they, they the first evidence of there being Neolithic farmers in modern-day Istanbul. Okay. okay. Um, but we're actually going to start at 660 BCE. Okay. okay. Which, this is uh, maybe a little bit embarrassing, but could I just simply add that to like the number we're in now and have that be the number of years away it is? So, can I do 2020 plus 660? And- yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Lisa, I'm going to backtrack. Okay. We need to talk about the geography of Istanbul because okay. it is pretty wild. Istanbul. And we okay. need to set the scene for everyone who's not maybe hasn't done 2,000 Sporkle world map quizzes like <laughs> myself. Yeah, okay? Yeah. So let's set the scene. It took me almost a day of research just researching to memorize all the different geographic locations that's surrounding Istanbul and like learning their names. Okay? Mm-hmm. So it's obviously in modern-day Turkey, or maybe that's not obvious to you guys. Um, the bulk of Turkey is on a peninsula, right? Do you know what that peninsula is called? This is trivia. This is all great Jeopardy stuff here. What is that peninsula that Turkey is majority on? Uh, it's called I, Anatolia. Oh, okay. Okay. So Anatolia is most of Turkey. It's, it's Anatolia? Is yeah. that what you're saying? Okay. And Anatolia is not the entire country, though. They have a chunk across a waterway mm-hmm. in a geographic region that's called Thrace. Which I bet you've never heard of because I hadn't. I had to look it up what the hell it was. No, no, I don't know. It's a geographic area that's separated by water and mountain mountains. Okay? Waterways and mountains. Mm -hmm. And it's now um, Turkey, Greece, and uh, what is it? Bulgaria? Croatia? No, it's Bulgaria. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So that, okay, that was modern. That was past day Turkey. Now it's split up between those three countries. No, this is, I'm talking about Thrace. Thrace. So just the region oh, so of Thrace, Thrace is, never is shared Turkey. by three countries. It was yes. always shared. Okay. Yes, exactly. All right. So it's kind of separated. I kind of think of it, if you can picture like Michigan, how there's Michigan and then across the water, there's the UP. Yeah. And even though like there's a attached to Wisconsin, so mm-hmm. it's all sort of a weird scene, you know, it's kind of like that. It is a weird scene, but all right. it's the best scene yeah. is the Midwest. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. my, that's my advertisement. Yes. So, Istanbul... Shut up, Lisa. <laughs> sorry, I'm just trying to not lose too much focus. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I make it hard. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> um, 
very funny tonight. Yes, sorry, I apologize for that, listeners. I hope I don't have the Rona. That's insensitive. I shouldn't say <laughs> it that. Is. Well, it's um, a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> none of them pleasant. Um. So anyway, Istanbul is literally on both Thrace and Anatolia. Okay, it straddles them. Yes. So Anatolia is kind of the Middle East, and then Thrace is is Europe. Yeah, more Western. Yeah. yeah. So Istanbul is technically, if you're looking at it by American standards, the only city in the entire world that is pan-continental because it physically, its city limits are half in Europe and half in the Middle East. That's really cool because they always talk about the country of Turkey that way, but I didn't Mm -hmm. realize actually the city of Istanbul was also that way. Yes. It'd be cooler if Istanbul was the capital. Right. But. It is not. Also take it. Um, it is separated. Okay. What separates is this something called the Strait of Bosporus. And Bosporus wow. connects. Words for you. Yes, right? The Black Sea uh-huh. to the Mara Mara Sea. Okay. Okay. And then the Mara Mara Sea is connected through the Strait of Dardanelles and to the Aegean Sea. Aegean. And the Aegean is part of what greater sea? Uh, what greater city? Sea. Oh, um, the Black Sea? No, no, no. We're, we're going back to, like, we're south of the Black Sea now. So it goes Black Sea, Mira, Mira Sea. Then oh, did we already sh- go over Black Sea? That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, Strait of Dardanelles, and then you're into the Aegean Sea, which is just part of what super important European sea? Caspian. Seriously, Lisa? <laughs> the freaking Mediterranean. Oh, Have you shit. heard of that? I mean, now that you mention it, I'm, I'm very familiar. Um, really? Yes. It's that simple, huh? It's that simple. So if you, you think just about it. take a right from Bora Bora down through yep, the Bora Thoracic Bora. Yeah. Yeah, sure. land. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the Aegean is part yes. of the Mediterranean, as we all know, obviously. Yeah. So if you think about this geographically, the city of Istanbul is like incredibly located. So if you're like a Greek yeah. sailor. You can sail from the Black Sea, touching as far north as Russia and the Ukraine, and go all the way into the Mediterranean and get over to, like, Morocco and Libya and Spain. So yeah. that's a lot of trading you could cover without ever touching an ocean. Yeah, it would explain why that was such, like, a thriving, interesting place for so long. Yes. So we bombed everyone. Uh, easy, please. What? Easy. Sorry. I mean, no, of course, still wonderful countries over there. Um, okay, so... Um, you know, my Three mind is going weird places, but you know, I'm going to say anyways, um, <laughs> you're giving me a very skeptical look, which I is am, strange I because I always have great contributions. I, I was just thinking about this concept of a man with a woman in every port and I'm like, damn, that's a lot of ports. That's like <laughs> a lot of ethnicities, like a lot of variety. It's three different continents. Yeah. You could really hit yeah. them up. Yeah. If you wanted. Or maybe a woman with a man in every port. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that happened. Sure. Yeah. It's not an impossibility. That's right. We, female power. Female power. Yeah. Taking what's theirs. Taking it. <laughs> For those of you who can't see Lisa right now, she is wearing matching pajama <laughs> tops and bottoms. She looks like a Russian mobster, kind of. I kind of feel like <laughs> they. No, everyone talks about them being scary, but like they also were really comfortable. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's how are. I feel right now. They are. Okay. And there's like, you need to feel comfortable to like be like, I'll kill you. Yes. You know? So yes. watch it. Yes. Because I'm, I'm prime form right now. And I, I, I am can, Russian. I can so. hear that. You are Russian. <laughs> yes. This is true. Yeah. Be Just worried. being one with your people. I am being one with my people. So yes. Don't fuck up. Right. Sorry. Yeah, I'll cute. keep it tight. Cute you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Istanbul. <laughs> 
is, I mean, think about it. Like, do you remember what I call the most diverse place in the universe? Um, oh, yeah, the Istanbul airport. The being in the Istanbul airport. Yes. And it's, it's wild. Do you remember why we were there? We were heading to Sri Lanka? For? Our honeymoon. Yes. Yeah. Aww. Mm-hmm. When you married a history teacher. <laughs> yeah. Aww. Yeah. It's all full circle. I we're out of here. We're done. Please, mic drop. We're done. <laughs> uh, but let's actually talk history now, okay? Okay. Um, the Greeks discovered it. They named it not Constantinople, mm-hmm. not Istanbul. What, do you know what the original name of it was? Before Constantinople. Yes. Um... Well located, Bill. <laughs> Close. It was called Byzantium. Oh, so you, shit. You're right there. I did know that. Um, etymology is unknown, but I have a theory. We don't know where the name What's came from. What's that word from. mean? Byzantium? Or etymology. Oh, it means like what the name is. The, the root history behind of the a name. Word? Yeah. Okay. And I, my theory is that the Greeks used to name a bunch of stuff after like the tribes that sort of lived in certain areas. And my guess is that there was like some like Byzantium tribe and they named it city that. Mm, my guess. Yeah. That was a beautiful woman. Oh yeah? You're yeah. back on the uh, back on the ladies. It all comes back to the ladies. Yeah. All right. Um anyway. and I take it back, a warrior woman. Yeah. Nice. Who, she could have been beautiful, but the secondary. Yeah. To right. her power. She was really, really smart. She was probably she had a wearing great personality. Yeah. <laughs> or two Z's, I guess, that look like a onesie. Yeah. Um yeah. Okay, anyways. Um, proceed. So Byzantium for a while, for like a couple hundred years. Um, it's just Greek, and it's a trading spot, obviously. Fully Greek. Yeah, it's like a Greek city. Mm-hmm. So things worked back there where like independent cities functioned. So mm-hmm. it was literally city just... City-states. Yeah. And Byzantium was just a city, right? It was yeah. part of the Greek empire. In a sense, it would have wars with other Greeks. Um, other Greeks, like the Spartans and the Athenians, were always fighting over um, Byzantium, okay, for its obviously for its like key trade area. Can I just say I'm so glad we don't do that anymore? Can you imagine we're like ah oh, fighting Philly again? Like yeah. fuck. Yeah, yeah. So glad. Although I would feel very comfortable being in Baltimore if I had to fight a war against most other cities. Like we're in, we're pretty we're in we're good scrappy. shape. Yeah, we're scrappy. We're scrappy and let's be honest, pretty violent. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Now, I am also glad that's over. The um, Greeks actually came together, though, and stopped fighting themselves to fight, guess who? The Romans. 400 BCE were too soon for the Romans. No, oh, the Trojans. No, not the Trojans. <laughs> it's a great movie. Trojans are North African. Nuh-uh, in Troy? Yeah, dude. The Trojan horse? The Trojan horse was in Tunisia. So are you telling me this whole time, nuh-uh, nuh-uh, Helen of Troy, she was in Tunisia? Yeah, dude. She's Tunisian. Oh, shit. This is really... No! Wait. No, 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 no. They show in in the movie Troy, they show a map. You mean the Hollywood film starring Brad Pitt? Yeah, the best, worst movie ever. We're going to talk about Brad Pitt again? We've already talked about (laughs) Brad Pitt and Troy. We haven't covered his facial bone structure yet, though. (laughs) I feel like we have. Uh, (laughs) Um, In that movie, they show... People in Turkey going to fight in Greece in a map. I'm pretty sure. Oh shit! I think you're right. Yeah, I know my shit. I think it's Anne Anatolia. Movie history. Damn it! I really botched that one. Yeah, it's a good thing I'm here. Sorry, loyal listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um. So okay. So, but it's not 
Yes, yeah, so the Pitt. Persians. No, yeah, sorry, we're going to move on. Yeah, <laughs> the Persians are going to invade and they're going to take over Byzantium for a very brief t- period of time, which is going to see your like your first sort of shot of um, diversity that's going to start happening in this crazy diverse spot yeah. on the world map. Okay, yeah, which is funny because that is you know everyone talks a big game about diversity, but it was brought forth mostly through violence in the in our history. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that is the thing. Whenever you have a, such a perfectly located place, typically they've also been a very fought over area as well, which yeah. is still very true of Byzantium. Yeah, it's tough on top, man. Yeah, um, of course the Spartans kicked out. The Persians, made famous by that. What do you mean, of course? I'm sorry. but You've never seen the movie 300? Who who hasn't seen 300? Anyone with time over the summer other than sitting in a shitty movie theater. Okay, we go to movie theaters all the time. (laughs) That is such a lie. We go like twice a year. We went a lot this winter. There's a lot of dope-ass movies out there. Yeah, maybe we saw three times. Um, I will just, come on. You really, that, and the average person is going to be like, Obviously, after the Persians took over Byzantium, the Spartans swooped in. Okay, fair enough. But that movie was seen by a lot, a lot of people. And are they even, do they talk a lot about that, though? Are they just like Sparta? The Sparta, uh, the Spartans beat, like, you know, they beat off the the friggin' Persian invasion. Okay. Or they they led the charge. The rest of Greek joined eventually. But, like, anyway. All right, fine. Anyway, for those of you listening, being like, why is this history teacher talking about 300? 300 has a lot of really obvious fake things in it, and those fake things are made really obvious. The movie 300 is, like, bizarrely historically accurate outside of the really obviously fake shit. Hmm. It's very interesting Hmm. that they, like, were able to do that, you know? It is. But let's move on. So the Spartans kick out the Parisians. Nope. The Persians. The Persians. <laughs> there was no, there's no Paris here. I'm imagining someone actually trying to take notes and learn something from this and like scribbling <laughs> down Parisians and then like scratching me. No, Persians. Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. I would never like if I was still teaching. Wait, Tunisia, like, I mean Turkey. <laughs> I wouldn't put this on for the students. This is a podcast for adults. This is for the adults not to learn anything. Yes. Just listen to us. Pretty, <laughs> Say words. I was about to make a really awkward joke. I'm going to move on. Yeah. That's... Um, now, <laughs> the big thing. Um, well, actually, not yet. So uh, eventually we all know that uh, Byzantium is going to become part of the Roman Empire. We don't all know that. Byzantium becomes part of the Roman Empire around 200 BCE. Okay. okay? So it has already changed hands from the Greeks to the Persians back to the Greeks, and now it is... Roman. However, the massive change that's going to turn the little city of Byzantium into like this massive global powerhouse is this little fella who was a Roman emperor. He takes over all of Rome Mm -hmm. by himself. There used to be four Roman empires when he took over and he got rid of the other three. Mm -hmm. And he himself became the sole emperor of massive Roman empire, which Mm -hmm. is most of North Africa, the Middle East, and Europe at this point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can you guess? My only guess is Caesar. It is not Caesar. That's all you get. Okay, but what is the name of Byzantium gets renamed to? Oh, his name was Constantinople. His name was Constantine. Oh, Constantine. But great guess. Yes. Yeah. So Emperor Constantine is going to do something, Lisa. Hmm. He is going to transition the Emperor of Rome from being a pagan Roman mythology type thing religion to being a Christian religion. Mm-mm. And he is the first Roman emperor to do this. And what he is going to do is he's going to relocate the capital 
out of Rome, and he's going to move it to this little trading village called Byzantium. And he's going to make it the new capital of the entire Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. And he does this because Rome had too much of a history of being a sort of pagan religion, and they still had a senate there. So he was like, I'm just going to go be the real emperor of the, of the Roman Empire over in Byzantium. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Now, Lisa. Yep. Important impact on Europe here. Hmm. He's Christian and left Rome. This is basically going to start leading to two separate Romes. Okay? Okay. In two separate religions. You're going to have Eastern Orthodox emerge out of the people who move and are part of the Rome in the East. And then you're going to have Roman Catholics emerge back in Rome and sort of Western side of the empire. What about the pagans? The pagans are pretty much out. They don't make it illegal to be pagan, but they do make it illegal to not follow Christian law. So you're going to, the pagans are sort of get phased out of the Roman Empire. I mean, think about how religious of a country Italy even is today still. Yeah. yeah. Like they're like 99% Catholics or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to see the split in these two different religions. Mm-hmm. Okay, that causes wars. Okay, Catholicism itself is going to go through a bunch of turmoil, and there's going to be a bunch of wars caused from within Catholicism too. Mm-hmm. And again, it all comes back to this tracing it back to Istanbul and Constantine wanting to have a new Roman capital. Okay. Okay. Um, well, after, he doesn't name it actually after himself. He kept it as Byzantium, by the way. And when he died, his followers loved him so much that they renamed the city Constantinople. And it became Constantinople and stayed Constantinople for about 1,200 years. Hmm. I'm just thinking of like the other options, you know, like Constantville. Constantville? Well, you know, because yeah. Constantinople, I mean, that's not the, the first yeah, not place really your head sure goes. Yeah, where Nople came from. That. Yeah. Because you don't hear it in other Roman cities or Greek cities or anything like that. No, you do not. But I'm sure there's something going on there. Um, there always is. Yeah, and then, of course, there is a really famous great schism that happens in 1054 where you are going to see the Eastern Orthodox religion based out of Turkey. Mm-hmm. They are going to break away from the Pope, which is big for Europe, right? Yeah. I know you're looking at me like, I don't care about this weird details of Christianity, and that's fine. We can move on. But it, I'm just trying to prove a point that this is a huge move and a huge shift for Europe and European culture. Got it. Yeah. Got it. You're also going to see the. I'm birth. sure they would have found a way to fight over religion, anyways. But yeah. yeah, yeah, right, exactly. And this is when you're going to see the rise of of Byzantine art and architecture and stuff like that. Like think like domed churches rather than steeped churches. Uh, a lot of blues and golds that you might associate with like sort of Persian look and stuff like that. Yeah, it's kind of a blend of the West and the East. It's just yeah, way prettier. Yeah. Have you seen the church and Catholic University in Washington, D.C.? Yes, I have. It's done in Byzantine style. It's got the dome. It's got blue and gold. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It is. It is a very beautiful church. Now, the next major thing that is going to happen in Istanbul, Lisa, I'm sure you could probably guess. Because what religion is Istanbul now? Wait, are we going to say, is this Istanbul or Constantinople? Well, it's both. But, like, where, where are we in the timeline? It's is it still Constantinople. Okay, so and what's your question? Something big happens? In 1453, a major, major change happens in Istanbul. Constantinople. Sure. Constantinople. I'm just saying, we're throwing a lot of names at these people. <laughs> 
Um, I mean, my only guess is like Islam because at some at some point it comes. Yes, that's exactly what happened. It is dominated by an Islamic empire. It is taken down. The Ottomans. The Ottomans. Look at you. It's like the, anytime anyone asks me name an empire, I'm always like the Ottomans. So like, name another one. I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> well, we've talked about three tonight. The Romans, the Greeks. Yeah, that's the true. But like they don't feel the same as the Ottomans. The Ottomans felt like a real empire. Yeah, that's true. Why. They did. It was they, massive. And, and it was just more like... Like the Romans like still exist. Like the Ottomans, it's not like as much of a thing anymore. You know, Rome's still Rome. And so it doesn't feel like a this cool empire that like used to be powerful and like is in a different of a different time. Sure, however you want to think of it. Yeah. You're welcome for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh so anyway, Sultan Mehmet the second is going to be the Ottoman general who is going to take it down. He basically invents a new style of cannon. Because Istanbul has these massive walls fortifying it, and they mm-hmm. invented a new type of cannon that would sit on a friggin' boat, and it would massive. It would take three hours to reload, and they took down the walls of Istanbul. Ah. Sorry, Constantinople, and then they're going to turn it Islamic. Now, a big part of the Ottoman Empire, Lisa, mm-hmm. is that the Ottomans were religiously tolerant, even though they were an Islamic empire. Yeah, so well, that did. makes sense because up until recently, Istanbul was very welcoming. It's a bit secular in, in ways. Sure. I yeah. mean, they were Islamic, but like but they that were like uh, liberal, progressive. Right. So uh, this could be a life lesson in here somewhere. But for like hundreds and hundreds of years, the Ottoman Empire was really religiously tolerant. They let yeah. uh, any religion thrive. However, towards the end of their their reign, when things were getting shitty, they started blaming other religions for their. Yeah downfall and had a genocide of Armenian Christians yes. within the country of Turkey yes. around World War One. So let that be a lesson for you. Religious tolerance, good. Not religious tolerance, bad. Yeah. If you want to know if a place is continue to thrive, look at how they treat other religions. Mm-hmm. If they're pointing fingers, their days are numbered. That's right. It's just uh now to know. <laughs> So, yes, so, and a great thing to talk about in terms of why I brought that out is if you look at, like, the architecture and all these churches. So, obviously, it was the center of the Eastern Orthodox religion for uh, 1,200 years or whatever it was, right? So, there's all these churches all over. So, what the Ottomans did is they, instead of, like, destroying them, they just went and ritualistically turned them into mosques and then added, uh, what do they call them? Minarets. Oh, minarets, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, if you go around Turkey, there's all of these... The um, domes with the minarets. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool looking. Yeah, it's a very Istanbul thing, and this is from this clash of cultures at the same spot. And the biggest example is, if you've never done this before, Google the Hagia Sophia. It is a massive church in Istanbul. It's very beautiful. It's a huge tourist spot. Hmm. And the other cool things that the um, um, Ottomans did immediately... Mm -hmm was they made these huge bazaars all over the city that are more, you know, sort of in that sort of Middle Eastern, North African vibe than, like, European style. Yeah, they're super cool. And the Grand Bazaar today is even, I think it's the largest bazaar in the world. Yeah, I think it is. In Istanbul, and that was the work of the Turks. Um, Now, the most important thing here... The Turks or the Ottomans? Or is that the same thing? It's the same. They're one and the same at this point. Okay. Because the Ottoman Empire is obviously going to fall, but they were Ottoman Turks. That's what they're called. Okay. Got it. So, anyhow, the big change when this happened 
the big, big change, mm-hmm. is that this is going to cut off Europe from the rest of the world. Europeans were getting rich off of, or in like they were thriving off of like sort of all this trade yeah. coming in from Asia. Yeah. So now it all has to come through Ottomans. They're a different religion. They're a different culture. They're sort of block the trade, and they only do trade with Venetians in mm, Italy. The Venice merchants. Yes. So this has two massive global impacts, this mm-hmm. fall of, of Constantinople to the Ottomans. It is going to make Venice extremely, extremely wealthy, Yo. which is going to spawn what? Around 1500? Oh, uh, Glassblowing? <laughs> I mean, it was part of it. Glassblowing was a big part of it, but it's a minor, minor part of it. Which is the... Just the, the, the creation of the water. You don't know like a crazy transition that happened in Italy around 1500 that spread throughout Europe and changed the course of history? The plague. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> I go to um, fail free answer. Um, uh, honestly, I don't know what it's you're It's Italian at. for rebirth. Oh, the Renaissance. Yeah, so it's b- largely going to... Really? It started in Venice? I thought for sure it was like a French thing. No, it's very Italian. Think about it. Like, oh, yeah. Michelangelo, Donatello, Da Vinci. Da Vinci, yeah, yeah, yeah. All those dudes. Um, they're all Italian, and it sparked from Italians making so much money from trading with the Ottomans. That's what got them super yeah. rich. It's like the now all these rich people they do yoga and get all enlightened, but back then they're like they have all this money, so they had time to do the arts. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Their transition was a little cooler. Yeah. Um, okay. The other major major thing that is going to happen as a as a ripple effect from the fall of Constantinople is that it's going to force all the other European people to want access to the East again. So they're going to start studying boats and researching, and you're going to see the whole age of imperialism and colonization happen because it's the, it's Europeans attempting to find a different access point to the east after Constantinople falls. <sighs> That's my main argument of why it is the most important city in the history of Europe. Yeah, that is that is very... That is very consequential. I mean, obviously, we talk endlessly on this pod, more towards the beginning of them, but, like, of the impact of imperialism. Um, it's a shame. You know, what the real key would have been is just mm-hmm. to never let them see the good to begin with, you know? They should yeah. always kept his temple a secret. Yeah, don't never give them a taste. taste. Yeah, just let them eat their potatoes and whatever the fuck they had going on there. So one of the things that Europeans, and we, I think we've touched on this before, one of the things Europeans were obsessed with was salt and pepper. But the thing that the salt and pepper did is that you could the salt could keep meat fresher, right. yeah. and pepper was really good at masking the taste of spoiled meat because you were pretty much exclusively eating soiled meats in Europe before salt came around to cure meat. Yes. Yeah, so like pepper and salt were so huge, and the Ottomans had it in spades. Good. Nasty. Yeah. How about public health? Uh, yeah. Um, so nowadays, Istanbul is, let's talk some fun facts. All right. So Istanbul actually didn't, they didn't change the name of Istanbul in 1453 when the Ottomans took it over. It actually didn't change officially until 1930. Mm-hmm. It was part of like, after the Ottoman Empire fell, after World right. War One. it was part of like a rebranding of Turkey <laughs> where they changed Constantinople 
to Istanbul and then move the capital to what's it called Ankara. Ankara, yeah. Ankara, yeah. Um, and they even to force people to make sure they stopped calling it Constantinople and start calling it Istanbul. They instructed the post office to not mail any mail that was post office stamped to Constantinople. Yeah, Istanbul, Constantinople. Yeah, the song by They Might Be Giants. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's, that's all I've got, though. That's the only lyrics. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, the yeah, it's interesting. Such big shifts after those wars. You know, uh, another fun fact I like about the name Istanbul? Huh. It actually is derived from a, the Greek meaning for it to the city or in the city yeah. and that's why it was a transition to Istanbul because everyone would just say I'm going to the city oh. which was something very close to being Istanbul yeah. so a bunch of people called Constantinople Istanbul anyway as like sort of a uh, like a mm. slang they're so heading it's like, to the city huh, that's like changing the name of uh, well I was going to say New York City but it has that word in it so it's like changing the name of Chicago like in the city. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, where are you uh, going? In the city. Yeah. Huh. Uh, nowadays, it is... I don't like talking about populations of cities because it's like everyone measures it differently. Like, is it city limits? Is it like the people that live in the s- suburbs, the exurbs or whatever? But yeah. generally speaking... Inner city or metro area? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, there's 15.5 million people in Istanbul. That makes it a massive city. Sure. Uh, it is the largest city in Europe. It's larger than Berlin in terms of population. Oh, my God. It's probably way bigger than Berlin. Berlin's a big city. So mm. Paris is like 10 million, I think. I think Paris might be bigger than Berlin. Yeah, for sure. Um, and what else? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, it's the only pan-continental city in the world. As we've talked about before, though, some people in different countries measure continents differently. Yes. It's not an exact science, but according to Americans, it is the only pan-continental city in the world. Sure, sure. The third subway ever behind London and New York. They wow. built their subway. Yeah. 1875. Wow. That's super cool. Another huge thing they did very early on is they just littered the city with public toilets for to keep it clean. Finally. Yeah, and there's 14... Europe didn't get that memo. Dude, yes, there's 1,400 public toilets in Istanbul and zero in the rest of the continent for like 100 years. That's, uh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> and the last thing I want to talk about that I found in my research that I think is super, super cool is they have these machines that sit out on like the sidewalk in like parks and stuff. Where if you take recyclable trash, like bottles and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you put it into the machine and it dispenses dog and cat food. So if you're walking your dog, it encourages you to do it to give them food. They also feed all the stray cats and dogs. So the cats and dogs are like healthy dogs. So there's less trash around from people cleaning up. And their stray dogs aren't like covered in mange and like trying to go into restaurants and eat the food and stuff because they're all well-fed. That's lovely. It's a great idea. It is a great idea. There's so many good ideas out there. I don't know why we don't do a better job of, like, you know, pulling from these things. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I don't know why every city in the world doesn't do that, especially yeah. ones with bad stray problems. For sure. We don't really have those problems. But... We don't. Americans are very big stray cats and dogs. Yeah, we scoop them right up. Yeah. Who wants them? <laughs> um... That's I like that. Yeah. You could give out other things too. You don't have to be dog food. Yeah. Could be 
bird food. That's what that would be a big hit in our park in Baltimore. True, true. People love feeding these ducks, man. Dude, it's crazy. You get like a massive flock of ducks flying at you. Yeah, it was, and it's funny too because they'll just like they come so close to you. They're so afraid. Yeah, it's nuts. Lisa, before we go, I want to talk about the beer I'm drinking a little bit. All right, here we go. Mop Brewing here in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Brewed it in quarantine. It's called, I guess they had to start brewing it before quarantine. But all the proceeds of it, it's called like the, it's the, it's literally just called something like the Baltimore Restaurant Relief Beer. And all the oh, proceeds of this. it, if you buy it, they go to like, Trying to keep people paid at yeah. their Baltimore restaurant employees. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, there's a lot of cool initiatives here actually to try to keep the restaurants going. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's so creative here. Yeah, um, that's good. I'm glad you bought that. Yeah, it's also pretty tasty. Win-win. We got three more if you're ever interested. All right, Lisa, do you want to talk? Do you want to talk any pop culture before we get out of here? My favorite subject. And you know I'm really good at getting it going. I like to bring it up just mostly to make fun of whatever terrible TV show you're watching. Uh, that, okay, first of all, I am not the terrible TV show girl. Okay, I am the girl in quarantine like everyone else. Hey, what are you I doing? I am everyone. What are we doing after we're done with this podcast tonight? What you're you? not doing it. You're not invited. But what are you going to be doing? I am having a FaceTime with my beautiful, perfect friend, Ellen. Who suggested that for fun we watch Married at First Sight on FaceTime <laughs> as a activity, and it's actually perfect because it's a ridiculous show. You don't care if you're too busy talking to miss half of it, and then they say or do something silly, and then you laugh at it. It's perfect. Okay. Okay. I think it's genius. What do you do besides play poker and scream every time something doesn't go your way? I don't scream every time it doesn't go my way. I scream when I'm betting someone out of a hand and they're calling with nothing and hit on the river. Yeah. Fold the stupid hand. You should, what, what are you going to hit? You got queen seven. There's no straight. There's no flush. And then they hit the queen on the river. What are you betting on? So the game of poker, man, is just like the game of life. You don't know what's going at you. If I lose to queen seven on the river one more time, computer's going out the window. I'm surprised it hasn't already. <laughs> Jesus, Stop texting. Right. When you get a ping, you got to turn it on silent. All right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Let's get out of here, Lise. I'm going to play a song to take us out. It is not going to be They Might Be Giants, Istanbul, Constantinople. That's because already, I already sang it. You already sang it. Yeah. We're going to hear from a little guy, Mr. Rod Stewart. <laughs> My name was no my name is steve and i was a history teacher my name is lisa and i was married to him hey <laughs> just can't hey. be ever married